City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Welcome into Inside the Hive on the All Hornets Podcast Network. We are back today to talk Hornets prospect rankings, ranking all 10 players on rookie contracts on the Hornets team. And to help me break down this task is Chase Whitney. Chase, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, we're getting through a spell of terrible winter weather here up in New England. Uh, and as I Google the weather in Charlotte right now, it says it was 50 and sunny today. Uh, so that makes me a little bit sad and jealous. But otherwise, I'm doing very well. How about you, James? I'm doing good. My my British charm must be wearing off on you because people always make fun of Brits for talking about the weather. Like it's just something that we do every single day. And you just opened up with like weather thoughts there. So I think that's that's rubbing off on you. Oh, and it definitely has been. It was cl- classic uh, water cooler talk to open yeah, the podcast. It is. And um, we, we didn't do podcasts last week. And the reason we didn't is because you got offered tickets to go to Celtics Warriors, which just so happened to be an, an overtime classic. I think you said, to quote to me, the best NBA game you've ever been to in your life. Is that right? Yeah, in terms of being there in person, that was definitely the most exciting, entertaining uh, game that I've ever been to. But considering the stakes all as well, too, uh, that de- definitely just made it a lot better. Two very, or I guess the Warriors aren't necessarily a high-level team, but what should be a high-level team versus the Celtics, which at the time were the best team in the NBA. Uh, Tatum and Curry both had their moments. Jalen Brown pray, played uh, very well, hit a clutch shot at the end, sent it to overtime. Never been to an overtime game either, so that was pretty cool to get the uh, to live the free basketball cliche in real life instead of being on my couch for it. This is not really free if you're on your couch. It's free already. You're at home. You, you're not. You're not. Pay, you're not paying for it. But uh, when you're there, it's that. That definitely makes a hits home a little bit more. So it was a very good experience. I had a good time. How was Steph? How was seeing Steph Curry in real life? I'm guessing that's the first time you've seen him play live. Uh, I was, and his release is very, very fast. That was the one thing that stood out to me. Is like you can obviously tell that on TV, and everybody talks about that all the time as like one of the biggest things that makes his shooting what it is. But it is really quick in real time when you notice it and just the way that he like comes off of screens and how quickly he goes from like sticking his hands out to catching the ball to having him his arms in a shooting position is like you almost can't even like see it it's like lightning quick it's it's insane i'm very glad i checked the uh watching steph curry off the bucket list that was much needed that matt that's that is special right that's one of those that in 30 years 40 years you'll be able to go and tell people that you saw Steph Curry play like like people say now with with Jordan and other guys so I I'm you know it was worth missing one episode of the podcast for that I'm Uh, I'm sorry to all of our listeners but it was sadly it was worth it (laughs) it was worth it no I, I get it I get it um okay on today's list um we're gonna be ranking Hornets prospects um, but I also want to let people know we've got trade deadline coming up, right? So what is our plan podcast wise with the upcoming trade deadline? So firstly, Hornets and Heartbreak are going to have a podcast talking everything trade deadline coming up this weekend. So make sure you look out for that. Then next week, uh, probably Tuesday, we have got a, an extremely exciting guest. I, I just told Chase about this guest before he came on and Chase is like, I'm making time for that. So, you know, it's good, right? 
Um, I'd say, would you say top five for LinkedIn on trade rumors uh, in the NBA and kind of source production? Would you say that's fair to say, Chase? Oh, absolutely. So I've, if you ask some people, I think they might say after the Shams and Woj duo, he might be one of the most plugged in and reliable people uh, in the uh, terms of the NBA analyst and newsbreaker scene. So very, very exciting guest, high profile guest for sure. Yeah, so we just need that not to fall through, please. Uh, <laughs> now that we've teased it, by going live and doing this, maybe this means the guests can't definitely can't pull out now. That's my, that's my hope. Just like you can't embarrass us, right? So hopefully that will be coming out next Tuesday, and then we're gonna have a live trade deadline special, which is gonna be live streamed. As is this episode, you might notice if you're watching on Twitter right now. Um, this is the first time we've live streamed, so using this as a little bit of a test drive for the live stream, just so we can see how it's going to be for the trade deadline podcast. And if any trades happen from now to the deadline, we will do our best to get on and do an emergency podcast as well. Um, okay, prospect rankings. For those who maybe haven't listened to this before, this is something me and Chase have been doing for the last couple of years now. Um, and I actually found my list from the first time we did this exercise, where basically what you do is you rank all the Hornets players currently on a rookie contract from best to worst and this isn't taking into account their contract status or anything like that you're just talking about the players themselves taking into account you know their age their potential if if it was just a level playing field and you had to rank them one to ten for a combination of now and long term how would you how would you rank them in terms of most viable to keep and i want to share with you here chase my my rankings from back in february 2021 there were some hits and there were some misses. Uh, so first up, Lamella Ball number one. I feel that's aged well, right? I think that's aged pretty well. <laughs> I would say you you hit on that one. Yeah. Uh, next up, I had PJ Washington number two, which is defendable. You know, it's okay. Devonte Graham number three, and Miles Bridges number four. Which, if we're talking just about players, I mean, that's like just before Miles Bridges really began to take some of that leap, right? And I think. Coming into the season, Miles Bridges would have been firmly behind Lamelo number two. So, but but so far, like what do you, what grade are you giving me so far for that? Like a, a B? Yeah, that's a solid like B B minus. Considering the fact that everyone is going to have misses and at that probably some pretty bad ones. Like that's definitely pretty good. B, you got the most important thing right, which was having Lamelo yeah. one. PJ, you could definitely argue it too. So that that's pretty good. This next one is the one I'm most proud of. Number five, I had Jalen McDaniels. Wow, there we go. That's yeah. pretty good. That was uh, after his first or second season. And I, after, that I mean, was during his second season, and we like only okay. seen flashes. And he spent um, most of his rookie year getting assigned to the Greensboro Swarm. So you were you were early on that one. That that's a that's a hit for sure. I had McDaniels ahead of Monk, who at the time was still on the roster. Mm-hmm. I had him again. Uh, ahead of Cody Martin, I had a big head of Nick Richards, who I'll go through the rankings in a minute. So Jalen McDaniels, I think that's my biggest win. Like that, that's looking really good right now. So after Jalen, I then had Malik Monk. I then had Vernon Kerry Jr. Eek. Uh, Cody Martin next. Caleb Martin after that. Grant Riller. Then Nick Richards. Obviously, was too low. Nick Richards. Nick Richards should have been probably up in that Vernon Kerry spot. And then Kulboka and Nate Darling ranked down the bottom. Uh, Kaboka had a 30 point game the other day in the EuroLeague. I saw, I saw that. He's been playing yeah. really well since he went back to Europe. He plays in yes. uh, for Prometheus in Greece right now, I think. Yeah. So those are our rankings all the way back in February 2021. Now, me and Chase, we've both done our rankings already and we're going to share them with each other. And we flipped a coin before we went. 
I won and I decided to defer the first pick because I didn't want to pick fifth, basically. Um, we're, we're probably not going to spend as much time on the guys towards the top of the list where it's maybe more obvious, especially number one, because this is one where we're really going to try and be like, how do we feel about, you know, there's 10 rookies, or not rookies, people on rookie contracts on this roster, 10 out of 15. So like, if this team wants to make the playoffs, which of these, which of these are keepers? And that's where we're going to focus most of the discussion. So Chase, with number one, uh, share your number one ranked player. I think this is pretty easy. Number one is number one, Lamella Ball, for very obvious reasons that we don't need to dive too far into. He's the only player on the roster that currently has all NBA potential. He's so far above and away the best player on the team right now. Uh, I mean, we've already established he's become one of the best volume three-point shooters in the league, probably a top five playmaker. Uh, If you put him on pretty much any team, uh, and did a prospect rankings, he would be number one. So I think that's no different from for the Hornets. And I would assume that you have him number one as well after having him number one two years ago as well. Well, I don't have to share who I have number one because True. you know by by me playing in, I'm ranked number one, right? So yeah, Lamelli number one. Um, you may or may not see in this. I got into discussion today where. Um, I was having to argue that LaMelo Ball was the face of the franchise, which was a strange position to have to be put in by someone who loves LaMelo, saying that he's a second, looks like a second or third option and they don't treat him like the face of the franchise. I know people are probably saying, why are you, why are you spending your time arguing with people <laughs> like that? But Fair question. I, I understand, right? If everyone looks at this game differently and looks at situations differently, I, I try and like bridge gaps. I try and connect people and I try and use reason and stay calm to, to do it. So I, I try my best with that. But yeah, Lamelli Ball, number one. Um, he, uh, unless the Hornets get like a number one overall pick, I think Lamelli Ball is probably going to be number one on this list for a, a long, long time uh, until that rookie contract expires. Okay. I am up with number two. Um and I'm, I'm hoping we've got a, a, a lock in here. Uh, I've got number two, Mark Williams. And Mark Williams obviously picked 15th this year. I will say, like, it's quite normal to put, like, the first round pick quite high up in this. And people might say, well, the 15th pick from this year's draft is the, the second best prospect on the entire roster of 10 guys in rookie contracts. But it's not just to do with his potential. Like, well, from what Mark Williams has shown this year, I, that's what's moved him up to second for me. Like if he had just been, I don't know, got the the Kai Jones treatment where he was just playing in Greensboro and hadn't really got any real NBA minutes, he'd probably be like top half of this. But Mark Williams has shown to be a really interesting two-way center, like scoring really well around the rim, like even hitting some jumpers and like good footwork, post work, got some touch. Uh, and then, like, his defense rebounding and block percentages have been exceptional. Um, I just want to watch Mark Williams every single minute he is on the court. And they are the most enjoyable minutes for me to watch right now. Um, it's a shame we don't get to see it night in, night out consistently. But I had Mark Williams number two. Chase, do you agree? Lock it in, James. I had Mark Williams number two as well. There we go. Lock it in. Brilliant. Um, was this was this close one for you? Uh, somewhat. I considered having uh, my third pick in second, but it didn't really take me long to 
solidify my belief. The the it's the fit with Lamelo that really does it for me. The a player yeah. of that size that has the the potential to be a weapon in the pick and roll on both ends of the court is, is a very very intriguing piece to have next to Lamelo. I agree. Um, number three, Europe. Who did you have third on your prospect rankings list? This is where it starts to get a bit trickier now, right? A little bit. Uh, number three was PJ Washington for me. And I mean, the reason that I had him third, I think he's really going to be like a high level role player on a finals level or deep playoff contending team someday. Uh, I think that you'd kind of, you draft and develop players like PJ to keep them. You don't necessarily move off of guys like that. Or if you want to have pieces in the long term that are going to be able to help you when you're actually trying to succeed in the playoffs, like the Hornets are hopefully going to do in a year or two down the road. So uh, I definitely think he's somewhat worth ex- extending this summer. Uh, and he was my, my third pick. I, I thought a little bit about the guy I had next and fourth, who I'm sure will be the guy that you choose. Cause uh, I think it gets difficult at five. Like, you said earlier not wanting to to pick fifth is that that's where it really starts to to get difficult here uh we're not we're not synced up on pj washington right so i didn't i didn't Ooh, have him third okay um does that is that surprised to you uh a little bit but i i get i could probably i could hear the argument for another uh, player i just probably given the contract status is one thing and the in the incoming contract status i could i should say well, I'm going to say with my number fourth pick, I th- and the reason I'm going to reveal that now is because I think it's prevalent, and I'm, I think it's who you've got maybe number four as I've got number three, is Jalen McDaniels. Um, yep. I think Jalen McDaniels versus PJ Washington. If we look back in five years, I'm fascinated to look back at like what the next five years look for, like for both these players. Um, pretty similar age. Um, like PJ's more of a four, obviously Jalen more of a three, four, but... Like whether their future is in Charlotte for both of them or not, we know we've discussed this before. It feels like it feels like it'd be strange to bring back both those guys this summer. Um, it wouldn't be completely shocking, but just normally when you have two free agents at the same position, they don't normally both come back. Um, and I think they've both proven like they could play as a starter on different teams. Um, I, I I just slightly lean more towards the Jalen McDaniels like long-term playoff impact player. You know, I can just see him playing the Jay Crowder role going forward. And I think even though I I think PJ is probably more maybe like skilled offensive player. Um, I think the thing is that Jalen does well, maybe translates better when you're around like one, two or three really high level offensive players. And he just, defends, rebounds, runs the floor and spreads the floor. Like I think he does that to a better level. It's, it's the defense, which really tips it for me. So I I'm take Jalen McDaniels at four. And I, yeah, I'm interested to see this Jalen versus PJ. I'm interested to see the market this summer. Uh, PJ's restricted. Jalen's a unrestricted free agent, but I would expect PJ to get paid more than Jalen. Would, would you think so too? Oh, I, I would definitely expect that. I mean, the rumors that we heard in the fall or maybe earlier in the winter was that PJ was looking for a Keldon Johnson type contract. I'm not sure that that will quite get there unless, you know, there's some sort of like bidding war that's established between a couple of other teams. Uh, I can't imagine Charlotte would offer uh, like a $20 million approximate contract themselves uh, unless without being forced to match it. So 
we'll have to i i too i'm very intrigued to see what the market's going to be like for them i mean there might be a market for them right now in the next week or two before the trade deadline as well yeah i mean the, the hornets can extend jalen mcdonald's right now if they wanted to up to 15 or so million per year um i i i would like would very be open to to looking at that extension i think it'd be interesting i mean and from all accounts that's how the hornets were going to play it with miles bridges before everything kicked off where they were expecting, I believe the report that came out, they're expecting like a big offer sheet and they're planning to match it. And maybe they're looking to play out the same way with PJ Washington um, this, this summer. Uh, Bobby Marks, that low report the other day that the, the trade rumors around PJ has got quieter in recent weeks um, and that they're looking to try and keep him in restricted free agency. Um, I mean, if, if you're a Hornets GM, uh, from what you've seen PJ this season, are you happier or like, are you more impressed with paying? Like he wanted 20 million in the extension before the season. After seeing him this season, would you be happier to pay him that amount or like less happy? Which, which way is the arrow pointing for the PJ Washington for this year? It would, it'd probably, it's tough. It'd probably be pretty close to the middle. Like the having yeah, the, the similar opinion to last year, honestly, uh, I think you got to give him some credit for expanding his arsenal a little bit when the team was like really going through it with the injuries and stuff. And he was like him and Kelly Oubre were pretty much the only guys that weren't missing games like on a weekly basis. But I think it'd, it'd probably be pretty similar to the way that I felt last year, which to, to, is good, granted. But I don't know if there's been any uh, sort of a grand improvement in the last calendar year. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Number five, this is the pick that neither of us wanted. Europe Chase, who are you going for? All right, so I mean, I've been on this train for a long time. I think I just got to keep rolling. Number five for me is Bryce McGowan's. Uh, he's on a two-way contract. So it was probably a little high for uh, in terms of a prospect rankings for most teams where a two-way player would be, but I think he's easily the second-best backcourt prospect on this team after LaMelo Ball. Uh, I think he's going to be a reliable scorer in the league once he gets the reps to kind of work out the kinks in his game. I'd love to see him graduate off of the two-way soon, though I don't really have much hopes for that, um, given how long it's taken already and the potential for, you know, taking it back two players for one in a trade uh, in the next coming weeks. But I I'm a huge fan of Bryce McGowan's. I don't think he's done anything to, you know, prove his detractors wrong or make anybody sour on him since he's came into the league. He's been mostly positive anytime he's gotten an opportunity with the Hornets and with the Swarm especially. I crossed two names out here at number five. And the final name that I was left with was Bryce McGowan's. Look at that. Here we go. This is the Bryce McGowan's podcast, I think. It is the Bryce McGowan. We, we were on it from Summer League. We, oh, we yeah. Were we went from McGowan's ahead of book night take early. We were, it was we were when we talked to Matt Penny, like before the draft in like yes. May, I'm pretty sure it's been, it's yeah. been almost a year now. We, we were on it early and we are riding it all the way. I think this is our Jalen McDaniels from 2021 where everyone at the time goes, really? And then you look forward and you go that age really well. Um, I will say, I think he's looked, he looked so comfortable in his first like, view of NBA minutes and in the G League and in the last two weeks where he's like got a little bit more playing time I do think he's maybe like he's not looked even more comfortable in early in the season if anything I think he's looked a little bit more passive um, and I think he's thinking a little bit too much out on the court 
but I still buying it long term. And I think the team are too. I mean, Steve Clifford was singing his praises the other day, saying like of all the guys playing in the G League, like Bryce McGowan's is is really tearing it up. Like singled him out, didn't need to do that. Um, you know, and gave him that some additional praise. I, the way he said it was almost like there's no point Bryce playing in the G League anymore. Um, so I think he will get converted. Um, it, probably like maybe after the trade deadline or when he hits that 50 game barrier, I think he's at, uh, what is it? 22 games at the moment. Um, so he might, he might hit that this year, but I'm all aboard the Bryce train. Um, let's, let's keep it riding. Um, I'm excited to, to, to revisit this one in 2025 and look back and whether we just got a little bit carried away. But I mean, it also says a little bit about the rest of the draft picks, right? We've got, uh, two first round picks and three second round picks below here left to pick and to rank. And, and Bryce who was picked 40th in this year's draft and is a rookie is already ahead of those guys. It's um, yeah, it's a little bit of a concern, but anything else to add here on Bryce McGowan's? I don't think so. I, my, my position has been firmly entrenched for, for months now. We can, we can keep going. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're counting down to Super Bowl 57 and new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 off in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with a stepped up same game parlay. Take a shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I've already put on my bets. I put a little parlay together of the Eagles just to win straight. And then I also took the money line for the Bengals, who I think are down to plus odds now. So make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see the show notes for details. Okay, number six. This is the guy who I originally had in the five spot, and I bumped him down one. And it's Kai Jones, which I think will be a surprise to some because Nick Richards has had a much more productive season. Um, and Kai like has flashed at times, but like was inconsistent when he got an opportunity and has actually struggled a little bit in his like Greensboro minutes in the last month as well, which normally when Kai's gone down to the swarm, he's looked just way above the competition. And that hasn't been the case for the last month now, but I'm still sticking in. I'm hitched my bag, like baggage to the Kai Jones train a long time ago. Um, he was always a prospect. If you, if you're like judging Kai Jones and saying, Oh, he's a bust after 1.5 years. I'm sorry. You're just not looking at the draft, right? He was a guy who didn't pick up basketball to 16. He was always a long-term prospect. He came off the bench in college for crying out loud. And like, he was an unbelievable athlete who at the time in college, you thought there was maybe some jump shooting potential. I think that's the real concern where we've not seen growth is I think the jumpers actually regressed, not got better, which I don't know why that is, but that's actually, I think the, for me, the most thing I'm worried about in his development is he just might not be able to shoot now. And that wasn't what you were drafting when you took Kai as like the four five slash you could stretch the floor and protect the rim and could switch 
and I think he can still do those things, but the shooting is the thing that concerns me. Where, where, where are you at on the Kai jump shot? We've not seen much of it, but do you have those same kind of like long-term concerns now? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's going to be quite the like mismatch weapon that it was presumed to be, or at least when he was at Texas that he flashed at times. Uh, he, I mean, he's at 27.3% this year. Granted, he's only three for 11, but I mean, there, there hasn't really been a time where he's shown like a consistent ability uh, to shoot from deep. Even in his G League minutes, it's been pretty streaky at times. He's either had like a really good shooting game or a really poor one. Obviously, everybody remembers the over 10 thing in Summer League. But to me, that was at least a good sign that he shot 10 times, despite not really it being not it not being his night he at least had the confidence to keep going so we know that he's going to be somebody that like works on it and stuff but uh i don't know at a certain he, point he definitely works yeah on no it. but at, for me it's the, me the mechanics exa yeah exactly that's, at a certain point that's like, the concern it looks worse now than it did at texas and like you hope bruce kretzer who's like a well-respected shooting coach did wonders with kemba did him well with some of the players but like, it looks funkier now than it did, and that's my big worry. That I feel like it's just gone, it's gone backwards. Um, so I had Kai Jones six. It was a, it's a long term play for me still. Um, I'm fully aware that Nick Richards is a much better player, but I just think what Kai Jones could be defensively and offensively, I think he could be more impactful when he hits that that ceiling. And I will, I think I tweeted this like Kai Jones could be. 32 and playing in the second division in Slovenia and I think I'd still be like I think there's something there like it, it could be his year so um I'm I'm sticking with Kai did, did you have Kai here I'd be surprised if you did I didn't but I actually did only have him one spot lower I'd imagine that we just okay. had another flipped ranking situation because I had Nick Richards sixth and Kai Jones seventh so yeah we were, were we're pretty close to being on the same page here through seven picks nonetheless we, we really are pretty close. Um, Nick Richards. Tell us about Nick Richards. Why did you have him above... Why did you have him above Kai Jones? And why did you have him above JT Thor, which is another guy we've not talked about yet, who's... You know, JT Thor is getting minutes ahead of Kai Jones right now in Steve Clifford's eyes. What, what made you have Nick Richards put ahead both those guys? So, I mean, he's really hitting his stride this year, which I think helped him over those guys because those two are not hitting their stride this year. The, you could argue for both of them that at least statistically on a per game basis, they were better last year uh, as rookies than they have been this year. Nick is the complete opposite. I mean, he's grown so much over the course of his Hornets career. Uh, he seems to have like firmly established himself as like a future NBA player. Uh, the role maybe as a backup, like occasional starter, who knows, but he's definitely going to be in the league for a long time. And, uh, his role on the Hornets specifically maybe appears to be diminishing uh, in the short term, at least with Mark Williams's emergence. But I mean, he's another second round success story for, for Mitch Kupchak, uh, which people probably don't want to talk about as much right now with how this Everyone season is going. Because they traded uh, a future pick for it, too. And uh, granted, yeah. the Vernon Carey pick was eight picks before After that. After taking Vernon Carey. Yeah. But I mean, they, they obviously they were right to want Nick Richards like. That that fact is is unarguable, and I mean he's been very good this year. And for whatever you know, you would think about define very good for, for, right in his there. role. He's, he's, been he's been very good in his role. He's been I productive. I I'm still a little bit skeptical on like his true value. Like I, I like he he definitely if you give Nate Richards minutes, he's gonna put up like rebounds and points. I I'm, I feel pretty confident in that. 
But there's a lot of bigs in this league that if you gave them 18 minutes a night, they would do a similar thing. And not all of them contribute to, you know, massively winning basketball. And I do have worries about Nick, his defensive rebounding. I worry about his ability to like be a help defender. I think he's a little bit too turnover prone with those bad screens and kind of like weak wrists and weak hands. He seems to fumble some passes and like, apart from if it's like a dunk around the rim, he's or kind of like a, he's got a bit of a runway to get a head start. He's, he's not doing anything offensively um, apart from, you know, being a screener when he can set the screen properly. I, I, I just feel like we see the Nick Richards archetype and he's just really replaceable. And that's why I ranked Nick below Kai was just, I think if Kai hits what he can be, he can be a unique player that not many other players can be. Whereas I feel like we see the, rebounding hustle guy backup five it's a really replaceable skill and normally isn't that valuable to teams and like that's why i really want to see an extended look at nick hopefully in the back half of the season if plum is traded so that we can see him playing larger minutes we can get a better sample size of him against starters and we can see is, is this just a like a, a, a counting stats guy or is this someone who can like really impact and help this team win well, I definitely would like to see him get extended run with you. I, I completely agree that he hasn't been uh, very good is probably an overstatement. He's definitely fit into his role this year. But I mean, I, th- I think there's a world where the Hornets trade Mason Plumlee here and their only two, you know, real rotational centers are Mark Williams and Nick Richards. And they're basically splitting the minutes. You know, one plays a little bit more than other, depending on who's playing well, whatever the deal is. But in a world where they don't land the number one pick and pick Victor Weminyama, they're not drafting a center in the first round anyway, or likely unless they pick one with their Denver pick, which would seem highly unlikely. So again, if they're not going to do that and they're not going to spend money on it in free agency, I think you could roll into next season, presumably again with Mark Richard, Mark Williams and Nick Richards as the only two rotational centers on the roster. And then I think that becomes a lot more valuable to just to the Hornets specifically, because you don't know for a fact that either Kai or JT would be able to be a backup like for this team either now or next year. But I, you could definitely feel confident in Nick's ability to do that. And we, I mean, we both had Mark Williams second on this list. We feel confident in his ability to be a starter. So why not, you know, just kind of roll that ball out and let it go now and or as early as you can and kind of l- let them grow, fit into this role and, you know, kind of maybe adjust to be like, okay, this could be a thing that we're both, a part of for a long time like marks the starter nicks the backup sign them extend them whatever you need to do because you're right that it's a replaceable position but to the same degree if you can draft a guy like that and sign him to a team-friendly contract like that's way better than having to replace it all the time you know what i mean as long as it's team friendly that's that's yeah. fine like I'm, but, I'm but the, ca- the cap's gonna go round. up so team team friendly is gonna be much easier to come by i think in the next couple of years like Something like what PJ gets now this summer could be like noticeably less than what he was someone of his talent gets the next summer and the summer after that. So I think that's it. We're coming up on a good time for a lot of these guys to need extensions. I just struggle to see places around the league where you play, you pay like more than four million per year for a backup center and you feel really good about it. That that's my issue. And I think a lot of this will depend about what their plans are in free agency and, no one knows what's going to happen in free agency because one, it depends on the draft and two, it depends on Miles Bridges. So it's just impossible to really look forward that far. But 
there are two names out there who are like no-brainer upgrades in free agency. They are Miles Turner and Nikola Vucevic. Um, Miles Turner is obviously someone the Hornets have had interest in a long time. It's possible he signs an extension in Indiana, but um, he he's the one like if the Hornets want to get one of those two guys, uh, then like I would say goodbye Nick Richards. We roll with one of them and Mark Williams, and you keep Kai Jones. But who who knows what they're going to do with that right now? It's it's very difficult to say. Okay, let's move on. I believe it is me. You picked Nick Richards. Uh, you picked, yeah, Nick Richards at seven, yep. I believe. Yep. Sure. I'm going to move on to number eight. It is JT Thor. Let's uh, put JT Thor out of his slide misery here. Um, I still I still like JT Thor. I, again, similar to Kai, I think he's someone who you can't be judging after one and a half years and saying, oh, JT Thor looks terrible. Like he was, people didn't even think he would come out the draft the year that he did because he was so raw. And I still felt the big, the big worry and the reason he's like not maybe up like with Kai and Bryce in that area is just like processing the game. And Kai doesn't process the game great, but I think he does like make quicker decisions than at least JT Thor. And he has a a strong like sense of, I know what I'm going to do. Whereas you just see those cogs whirring for JT, man, um, on offense especially. I think defensively he's good, and I think that's why Steve Clifford really likes him. He does well keeping guys in front, contests, and, you know, he's had some good offensive rebounding moments. The shot, after being terrible at the start of the year, has begun to come online. But um, for me, and until, like, he just improves his feel and decision-making – it doesn't matter like how big and long and strong he is. I still think he'll just, he'll be like a Thon maker type where he looks like he should be incredible, but he just doesn't quite process the game at the high enough level for him to be able to like really fit into a team system. So that's why he's this low, but I'm by no means out on that because he is, I mean, I don't even know what he must be 20 years old right now. It'd be my guess for, for JT Thor. Yeah. He's 20. Yeah, I'm I'm not giving up on someone with his his work ethic, his skills. He's one of the hardest workers on the team. So I've got him at number eight. Do we match up? We do not. We do not match up. Oh, uh, I, I have JT Thor at nine. Um, at my number eight was Teo Maladon. So uh, we are okay. we're not quite on the same wow. page with these rankings, but we haven't had anybody that's like super far off here. So at least we're close. But I, I did have Teo, Teo Maladon. Unrestricted free agent. He was on the scrap heap this summer. No, I think that a that's a that's a problem. A that's a product before. of tanking, folks. That's a product of what the bad side of tanking. They had too many good young players on a rookie contract, so they couldn't. They literally could not keep them all, uh, and also continue using the treasure trove of picks that they have. So, a warning to all of those who want the Hornets to do the same thing: you're going to have to give away players like Teo Maladon for free, who end up being number eight on a random Hornets podcasters prospect ranking list. Uh, I had, the only reason I had Teo above him really was because I just think there's a much stronger chance that Teo fits into an NBA role than JT Thor. Like not necessarily for the Hornets, but like just in general, like I could see Teo being a part of a, uh, as a backup guard for pretty much any team in the league in some way, like as long, I mean, obviously not like a finals team right now, but he could fit onto most rosters in the league and, 
be reasonably productive uh, when put in as the their backup or third point guard. I don't think you could necessarily say the same th- same thing for JT right now. Which to uh, to your point is it, it, we didn't really expect that from him and and or Kai to be like effective rotation players that impact winning after a year and a half after they were drafted. But uh, he just hasn't really improved offensively the way that I had envisioned. Uh, I still think he has potential as like a defensive wing stopper that has like a little bit of spot up shooting ability and can attack closeouts a little bit. But even then his he's shooting 26% this year, which is uh, 0.1 percentage points higher than he shot last year, 25.9. Uh, the, the He looks comfortable when he shoots, but they just don't go in all that often. And at, at a certain point, um, you just have to actually start to give credit to to the misses if they if they stack up over multiple years. And I'm not saying I, I, I still have hope for him as a prospect, but it was hard for me to rank him above players that I thought had much more surefire abilities that they could use to contribute right now. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me with JT is just like, it's not like, I actually think the shot will be serviceable in the long term. It's just like, his assist percentage is like four and a half percent, sixth percent. I mean, he cannot pass the ball at all. Um, and the whole, everything just like breaks down when he doesn't have like a really simple, clear, like you need to swing the pass to your right. Like it all just breaks down at that point. But yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think Teo Maladon is probably more likely to be in the league for another eight years as a backup. Like, you could just see him having the the Benno Udre career mm-hmm. or, like, the, you know, just, just being on the bench somewhere and he'll always be able to be effective. Um, I just went more upside just with the JT Thor. I, I think, like... Totally understandable. Uh, I definitely get yeah, that. Yeah, just, like, I think Teo is, like, a backup or a third-point guard. I think JT Thor, like, in his best world could you know be guarding the opposing best player in tough matchups down down way down the line way down the line here so i just went more for the i think yeah the up the upside swing on on jt thor but i'm i'm surprised you would tell that high um that i have to say that does surprise me and just on jt thor i think over his last i think it's like his last nine games now he's uh, he's twenty seven percent from three. That's not as hope, high as I was hoping. It was <laughs> that's a one percent improvement from his uh, career average, though. So it's gotten better. That's, yeah. The the thing that I, that is really promising to me is he has pretty consistently go. been a impact player defensively in terms of like uh, the team's plus minus. Uh, last year the team was zero point four points better uh, per one hundred possessions with him. This year they're four point four points better per 100 possessions with him defensively. So that is a good sign. When I said last nine games, what I meant to say was last 15, because over the last 15, he's shooting 35 Okay, here we go. All right? On one and a half threes per game. I knew there was some good yeah, shooting that, somewhere. That six-game like, stretch between into, nine and 15, he was cooking. Yeah. Um, but, like, also, to your point, I do think, like, yes, defensively, he is so... Because he, like, he just rarely gets beaten off the dribble. That's basically what JT is very good mm-hmm. at is like containing people making you either have to make a tough shot or someone else beats you. He has 0.1 steals, 0.2 blocks per game in those 15. Like that is absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I think it's an aspect of Steve Clifford not wanting anyone to foul anyone. And that like JT Thor has just gone inside his box. Like I'm not jumping at anything. I'm not swiping at anything. I'm just going to move my feet. I'm just going to use my size and try and stay big. But 
for someone with his size, he's got three blocks in 15 games and he has two steals. Uh, for him to be the impact defender that I want him to be and that I could foresee him be when he came into the league, he needs to he needs to be, you know, deflections, steals, blocks. He he needs to be up in that way more, be way more disruptive and being able to do that without fouling. And and that's something we're probably not gonna see it this year now, but that's something that I hope like if Steve Clifford it's here long-term. He does let him take the reins off a little bit. Okay, so this leaves us on to number 10. And I already know that we're both linked up. I'm going to lock it in. Several pick. Um, Buck, well, I don't know what to say. He had the opportunity earlier in the year. Um, Steve Clifford spoke about him very well in training camp talked about how you know he's got potential to be a really good player to be a starter and he has just looked terrible and even when he's got garbage time minutes he's looked terrible i tweeted that i didn't see this but apparently he was eating starburst on the bench and then got put in the game like five minutes later um i don't know that i probably go on i gotta vouch for him very very common occurrence that's that's not that's not that's not something that's out abnormal at all uh at our games for where i work we literally have a, a plastic bin on the scores table during yeah no exactly you're right filled with like starbursts and jolly ranchers and like uh there's like reese's peanut butter cups every once in a while that we'll put in there and like and gum players love chewing gum uh like during games during workouts what goes what what goes quickest what's starburst starburst that oh easily uh red starbursts uh pink starbursts and orange starbursts are the easily the quickest to go by the end of the game it's usually like lifesavers mints and yellow starbursts and like uh some like spearmint gum so i i have to vouch for book right there that's that that is a common okay. occurrence he a lot of people uh eat starbursts or some other sort of candy on the sideline to you, just give themselves you're something right. sweet you, you are it's a good point to make because you're right and i'm thinking now when you do like 10ks marathons half marathons all this stuff are, are good for you but uh, anyway the the wider point he's is str- like at the end of the day, he struggled on the court. Yeah. Um, and at this point, there's there's just you want to try and find things that show you hope. But even like when he went got to went down to Greensboro recently, like high turnovers, high fouls, inefficient score. I just I'm very good at finding positive things. Like I've pulled out positive things with JT Thor and Kai Jones. I just I can't find him with Book Knight. I. I've tried. Um, I, I think at this point, they'll probably be in the roster next season because, uh, you know, they've already picked up his team option and no one's going to trade for him. So I just hope that he can, like, have a healthy summer. He can just make a lot of progress, which he needs to do. And we've seen guys who have been, like, terrible before. Killian Hayes was Jordan you know, Poole. one of the worst players in the NBA last year. Jordan Poole. They made major strides. And they look, there's a lot more who don't make the strides and who end up flaming out. But we have seen players come back from the kind of situation Buck is in. Um, I just, I, I'm not expecting it, but I'm, I'm hoping it happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, you, there's just been very little sign of improvement in really any facet. I mean, he has the talent to find his way, like in the league. There's no doubt about that. He's super athletic. He's shown plenty of flashes of things that would translate to the NBA when he was at UConn. Uh, he just hasn't done that with the Hornets. And as as a rookie, you could say he didn't really get a chance 
He only played 304 minutes as a rookie. He's already played 354 minutes this year. Uh, and that's even now as having pretty much a like a month-long extended stay of being out of the rotation after he got his chances earlier in the year. And unfortunately, was just not really able to do all that much with them in terms of uh, production and helping the team win games. But uh, I, I, I agree. He's probably, he probably will be on the team next year. I, I, maybe like a, another summer league trip would do him well or something. I mean, I think he should yeah. play summer league. Absolutely. He's got a lot to prove, right? I think he'd want to play. He I mean, Nick, Nick, Rickard, Nick Richards season. went three times or or yeah. two times, I guess, yeah. but in his third year. hundred percent. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope Buck would play and hopefully he can have a good summer league and use that as a launching point. Um, That is our prospect rankings. We're, we've come to an end there. We, we had a few players like, we had no one who was like miles away though. No. We were always like one pick away from each other. So pretty, pretty in sync. It'd be, it'd be interesting to hear if you're listening. Let us know what your rankings would be. Um, let me know where you disagree with me and Chase. I, I wanted to ask you, if you if we look back in two years from now, which ranking on your list are you most scared about, either for good or bad reasons? Like, Which one do you think is maybe like your highest risk pick, one way or the other? Um, honestly, it might be putting Kai low, just because if he does hit, that type of player is very like dynamic and is like it's something that would be you know very tantalizing in these types of rankings like somebody that you'd have to put up really high due to the you know ball handling defense athleticism type of combo that he has but i don't know it's just the the chance that that happens i guess is what drags it down for me but if it does then you know putting him below nick richards and bryce mcgowan's and jalen mcdaniels and pj washington and even mark who are all likely to be role players of various levels would probably not look great. What about you? I think I'll go Bryce for being as high as we've got him at five. Um, you got to believe. I, I just think, I, I do believe, but there is also part of me that is, there's a part of my head, which is just whispering, Dwayne Bacon, Dwayne Bacon. And I still believe in Dwayne <laughs> Bacon, by the way. There's, there's the season where we all thought Dwayne Bacon was going to lead the team in scoring. Like, that was genuinely a thing. Oh, um, I, w- I was a part of that up. train. That that might be my biggest miss, I would say, in, like, recent yeah. years. Uh, and, like, he was one of those. He dominated the G League. He looked good in flashes, but, like, never quite put it together to be efficient enough to, to play, to make it in the NBA. Not a very good overseas player. So, I, I'd probably say Bryce being that high. We've seen pretty limited... Uh, options of him like looking like a really promising player uh, in NBA minutes so far. There have been flashes, but yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go with that. I know that's like a safe high risk one, like the the recent second round pick being high, but I'd go Bryce. Okay, that brings us to a close for our prospect rankings. Um, any anything else you want to get off your chest here before we finish up, Chase? I don't think so. I'm excited to get through this week of nba action and then we're like kind of faced with the trade deadline there's only so much we can talk about in terms of rumors before they have to either be put to rest or become true so i'm I'm excited to see how it pans out though i do think this might be a slower trade deadline than the last couple of years so specifically for charlotte or just in general just in general mostly i mean for charlotte specifically it might be a much more active one i mean i remember I don't remember if this was was this last year or two years ago. This really goes to show how much time just like blends in, becomes a flat circle for me. But when they traded for Brad Wanamaker, 
that was two years ago um yes. everyone was like beside themselves that that was the only move that they made and uh i mean i i was a big fan of uh of brad wanamaker but how can how can anyone be a big fan? I, of Brad, Brad Wanamaker's Lysness, Brad Wanamaker's vanilla, story is awesome. Just random guy. His story of how he got to the NBA is incredible. He literally he was literally like a 28 year old rookie. He grinded in Europe for like almost a decade. Got his shot. He played for a couple of good teams. Was in the league for a few years, and now he's back in Europe, being but just balling out again. So. Should we, uh, do you want to do a tankathon sim here before we finish? Oh, yeah, you do one and I'll do one. Sing, single sim. Here we go. Here we go. And oh my god, I didn't even know that was possible. Charlotte have dropped to seventh on mine. Oh, I didn't think that was possible either. <laughs> I, they've dropped four places. Oh, that happened to me. To that seventh. literally is the exact same thing happened to me as well. They dropped Maybe to seven because we did it at a similar time and it's like based on time. It, that's a concern. I mean, that can you imagine if the show All right, there we go. I only had to do it like four season. more times until they got to first, though. So that's pretty good. At least we got that. I was playing 2K the other day, and I did a sim as the Hornets. And I got the first pick in the draft and picked Victor Weminyama, honestly, or obviously. And his, like, the creative player that the guy who made the draft class did was just dominating like you you post up <laughs> he backs down everybody you can hit like fadeaways because there's nobody that can block him enough to make like the the shot meter and the green meter go down it's unbelievable how good he is in that game i can't wait till he like is an actual nba player and they can really like port him into the game with his like more accurate movements and stuff it's going to be crazy he's literally a video game character come to real life he looks abnormal in the video game just with like how tall he is. <laughs> so I can only imagine what that is like, like being on the court with him being like, this guy is nine feet tall, but he's faster than the point guard. It's like, how does this, how does this work? We'll Chase, see. We'll see it work in Charlotte. We'll see it work in Charlotte this year. I'm talking about Victor Wimbanyama until, until May At this point though, it, with the actual uh, way that the lottery works, the Hornets really at worst are going to be picking like, Nick Smith or Cam Whitmore or like Asar Thompson, like they're only going to get out. I mean, even if they go on a good winning streak, they can really only get down to like seven or eight at worst. So, oh, they're not they're not getting out the ball. That's that's what I mean. Like, and and then you can only go to you can only fall to five. So you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself Scoot Wemby, Amen Thompson, and then like Brandon Miller. Nick Smith, Asar, oh, can't wait more. I whatever. thought you could only fall to five. No, you you can. I don't know why it's doing this to us right now. This is this is unfair. Just, that gave me a bit of a mild heart. Yeah, I don't, I don't so like I might that. need to go get checked out here. Okay, Chase. Well, let's leave it there. Thanks for joining me for the prospect rankings. We'll be back next week talking trade deadline with insert guest name. If you didn't hear it at the start of the podcast, make sure you go listen back for some clues. And uh, Chase. Uh, survive the cold weather out on the uh, east coast and i will chat to you next week thanks everyone for listening see you later